This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. So we've got with us the lovely Natalia Ramsden. She is a business psychologist and she specializes in cognitive performance and brain optimization. And she's the founder of Sophos Associates. Now, that's the UK's first brain optimization clinic. And she works in areas like neuro enhancement and its application for future development. This is one of the many incredible facts. I read a paper on hydration of sort of what water does to the brain. And I was amazed to read that it was something like two liters of water a day can increase productivity by up to 30%. Oh my, I mean, I knew it was good, but not, not that good. I mean, water is free. It's very easy. It's very accessible. And I think uh, that feels like a very, a very small bit of effort for a big gain. My first question for you is, what is wellness to you? Wow, I mean, I think it feels like this should be a simple answer, but actually it's it's quite involved to me, and, and some of this is personal, obviously. I think to me, wellness is about being able to live the life that you want to live. So whether that's physically able, mentally, financially even, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's really about, about you know, being able to live the life that, that really makes you happy and and fulfills you. Fantastic. That's a great answer. I've looked Mm -hmm. a lot more into brain optimization and we're talking so much. I mean, this is sort of the buzzword is the brain at the moment in the last, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, mental illness or whether it's mental enhancements. So tell us, what is brain optimization? Sure, sure. And this is, um, you know, probably my my most favorite topic and I've been talking about brain for uh, you know for a while now it's really this this piece and, and as with every other aspect of our existence you know this idea of getting the brain to work as well as it can possibly work so in the same way that you might exercise and optimize your fitness it's the mm-hmm. same sort of piece around around the brain and it and it really comes from this understanding that the brain changes you know it's not static it doesn't kind of get to a certain point in development and and stay still the way that we used to, but actually continues to change over the course of of, of one's life. And so there are a number of things that individuals can do with or without the help of a clinician to to really optimize its processes, to get it working as fast as possible, as accurate as possible, as efficiently as possible. And that's really what what Sophos kind of came together to do to to look at ways that we could boost intelligence by getting the brain to work as effectively as possible, in in essence, for it to be optimized. And tell me, you're saying that the brain doesn't stay stable, right? That we can optimize, just like you can optimize the body, you Mm -hmm. can optimize the brain. So tell me what processes and treatments go into trying to optimize the brain? Sure, sure. And I'll just, I mean, you know, obviously not not sort of loads of background, but just in terms of the timeline scientifically, it's a relatively new understanding that the brain changes. You know, we, 
we didn't really think certainly as a as a psychological community we that wasn't what we thought we thought you kind of got what you were given intelligence wise and and yeah. you just sort of learned to live that way and we've discovered that through you know sadly kind of i guess rehabilitation ways injury a, a number of different avenues and a lot of what we use in the enhancement area has has takes its origins from there it was originally developed to help people who were experiencing either cognitive decline or various conditions also it's dementia and there aren't there aren't really um i guess one or two main treatments because there's just so much happening they're coming at pace the development is is you know phenomenal how quickly things are being developed but there are uh, definitely a, a number of different things and you know i can sort of mention a few and, and certainly ones that we use so you know sophos is a multidisciplinary approach. So we're interested in anything and everything that impacts the brain. So we're looking at physiologically what's happening, psychologically what's in your environment. Mm-hmm. And we and we call on applications for that. So, you know, anything from how how are you eating? You know, what are you putting into your body and, and what impact does that have on your brain? How much are you drinking? You know, hydration uh, or or drinking things, you know, how much alcohol are you taking in? How much exercise do you get? What's the impact mm-hmm. of stress? Uh, all the way through to some some very cutting edge innovations. So brainwave training applications, where we we do some incredible things around training people's brainwaves. Um, wow! Yeah, some some really remarkable things. Um, you know, oxygen therapy. Some great research coming out. And so it's wonderful. It's wonderful that these things that people are learning about them. That you know that that people are getting out and talking about them. And also that they're no longer reserved to to just a rehabilitatory uh, sort of population, which, you know, of, of course, we, we want them available there. But people are starting to look at, well, actually, you know, how how can I use this for an enhancement effect? How can I, you know, if I if I don't have Alzheimer's, yeah. how do I either prevent or prolong or optimize when I'm perfectly healthy? You know, we don't need to wait until we until something goes wrong before we we try to get the best out of ourselves. And tell me a bit about brainwave training. That sounds fascinating. So, um, and there, you know, there are various different types of, of neurotherapy. You know, one uh, that has particularly sort of lots of kind of research papers and, and good results is something called neurofeedback. It was originally used a, a lot for conditions like ADD, ADHD. And as I said, you know, sort of people started to pivot and see that actually what happens when when people are you know don't don't have those experience you know don't have those conditions do we get a an enhancement effect and um and the answer is you know of course to different extents but but yes you know it's very it's very cool you sort of sort of sit on with a cap and there's these electrodes that are measuring your brain activity in real time and and we're able to train brain waves through an operant conditioning model so you have a, a screen in front of you and it's giving you real time feedback and and through that through that model you're able to reinforce essentially what you want the brain waves to do that's a very sort of high level that's amazing. Uh, uh, basic overview but it's you know it's quite a remarkable a remarkable thing and then paired with other interventions you can see how it kind of all comes together now tell me something natalia so we've got you know like you mentioned too you've been, you mentioned brainwave training mm-hmm. hyperbaric mm-hmm. oxygen uh, therapy i'm sure there are loads of others but mm-hmm. for for a lot of us laymen you know we're thinking they're showing us all this how do we know it works do we have scientific proof that it works and look i think it's it's such a good question because there is just so much 
content, you know, if you if you put into Google after this, you know, how how do I increase my intelligence? You will just right. be completely inundated. And the truth is, you know, some of it is is very good, some of it sadly not so much. So, you know, and I suppose that's where people in my discipline or clinics really come into their own. I mean, we we have a, a clinical team and what they're able to do is create very, very customized tailored programs for individuals based on on them based on their results what's happening in their specific brain and all of that is empirically backed you know we let's take meditation for example you know i don't need to to run those research studies you know they they exist they've, they've been out for, for quite some time numerous studies that show how effective meditation is to the brain you know likewise with cardiovascular exercise again I personally don't need to, to run those. There are very credible researchers who, who have done that. For us, and I can only talk about our, our practice, everything that we pull together, everything that, that is curated in our enhancement programs goes through a very rigorous process and, and, and research stage so that we make sure it is scientifically back. And, and it's also coming from very credible research facilities. Right. Um, I will say on that, you know, and you're always going to have this trade-off, aren't you? There is some stuff that's very new. You know, the, the application of hyperbaric oxygen therapy mm-hmm. in a healthy population is relatively new compared to something like exercise. So, yes, there's scientific papers and they're very promising and they're very good. But, you know, there, there isn't going to be as many as something that's been around for, you know, 100, mm-hmm. 200, 300 years. So, you know, we've, we, you've got to sort of balance that trade-off with something being hugely innovative and cutting edge and you know ha- having that kind of uh, that kind of appeal you know it's not going to have the same longitudinal data as something else this is Anshu Bahanda you can find our podcast wellness curated on Apple Spotify and a host of other channels a lot of times what happens is there's all these new therapies and some of them are very effective. You know, when we present it to them, we like people to have some sort of proof. Uh, like of you said, if you start Googling it, you, it's just a minefield. You don't know where to start. You know, I know for our clients, for example, we, we give them a, a research guide. You know, we give mm-hmm. them what is, a, a, you know, sort of put together a, a whole research guide that references all the papers that talks through, you know, why we've chosen each therapy that we've chosen for, for them specifically. I mean, because we've, we've got their brain maps in front of us, we've got their heart rate data, their nutritional data. So, so we can, we can sort of demonstrate that. And it's, you know, it's our responsibility to, to know that, you know, clients will see something, I don't know, in, in the guardian on a weekend and, and sort of email through and say, look, you know, this says I should be eating blueberries. What do you think? And we, we need to have an answer to that. You need to say, you know, yes, it's true. No, it's not. Or, we don't know when this is why, because there is so much. You know, there's brain training apps and games, and 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 some of it is is fantastic, as I said, and and some you know is still in development. You know, there's so much progress in technology, of course. Mm-hmm. So, how does can you give us an idea where you use technology? How sure. does technology help in increasing intelligence? This is really what I guess really helps Sophos kind of get on its way. I mean, I think we came to be because of what was happening in, in, in sort of cognitive field. And I think that crossed with personalized healthcare and then the sort of rise of, of health tech. So things like a QEEG is where you, where you measure the brain's uh, electrical activity in real time and, and gives us an indication of, of kind of what's happening. That has opened up massive worlds for us. You know, that mm-hmm. sort of technology was once reserved for hospitals, 
for university, you know, kind of labs in, in, in science departments in universities. And whilst it's not in everyday homes just yet, it is more readily available to us. And that technology has meant that we can create these sorts of programs. You know, we can measure in a much more finite way uh, than we were ever able to. On the development side, we have you know, technology to help enhance practice. The Muse headband, which, you know, people find is is, is hugely, um, you know, really enhances their meditation practice. Tell me about it. I don't know about it. It sort of sits like a kind of headband across your across your forehead um, mm-hmm. and it provides you feedback in real time as you meditate. So uh, it's measuring a, a brainwave. You're trying to get into a, into a flow state. As you succeed in, in that state, you get a kind of, you know, nice soft music. Mine is a bird chirping. And as you kind of, if anyone who's tried to meditate, you sort of lose track and your mind wanders, then it gives you an alarm to sort of tell you that you've done that and help you kind of train oh to bring your God. mind. It's, you know, it's a phenomenal piece of equipment. It's something very easy you use at home, but it's, it's those little bits of tech that really help enhance people's practice in whatever that is you know your apple watch that's collecting Mm -hmm. data and telling you to do certain things you know various types of there's a lot of headgear at the moment that's kind of you know quite interested in measuring brainwaves so that's a kind of i suppose a very nice example of how tech has really opened this world up and really helped people get the most and and, and sort of optimize their performance see what confuses me about all Mm. these things is at the end of the day then you're constantly like the, the apple watch you're mm-hmm. constantly putting a piece of technology on you constantly it's not like you've done it for a, for you know for a while and taken it off so you've sure. constantly got wi-fi on you you've const- or whatever you know all the time i know that helps mm. to measure things i don't mm. know but I, I will look into the muse headband but again that's probably battery operated or bluetooth operated or something like that so it is but you wear it for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. 20 minutes. So unlike, and, and the truth is, I, you know, I, I really wouldn't be able to comment on on the long-term effects of an Apple Watch. You're absolutely right. You know, you've got something that's running skin to skin, you know, all, all day and all night, arguably. Something like the Muse, you know, is is put on for, for 15 minutes and then you, then you take it off and that's it. And and maybe there is some some adverse effects, but I suspect the positive effects that you get from the enhanced meditation practice are likely to well outweigh, you know, and it's, and it's just different things. I mean, there's there's various kind of tech pieces that work for some people that don't work for others. I mean, I love the Muse personally, because it acts as a kind of reminder to, to do my meditation, which sometimes, you know, kind of feels like it falls to the bottom of the list. I guess the, the point is that the tech world has allowed us to see the brain in a way that we could just never see it before. That's absolutely true. Yes. You you know, think about medicine as a whole. Psychiatry and psychology were were one of the only disciplines that were focused on an organ that they never see. If you're if you're a cardiac surgeon, you you see the human heart. As a psychiatrist, as a psychologist, you never see that organ. And so that's this true. tech has brought us a little closer to it. Yes, that's very true. Now, tell me, like you're talking about the Muse headband, which is something mm. you can use at home. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some tools or techniques that we can use at home to increase our intelligence of a brain? optimization, something which will convince us when that it's beginning to work. Honestly, you know, good quality sleep is, mm-hmm. is just 
undeniably good. I, I just don't know how else to put it. I mean, we see it automatically in people's brain maps, in every aspect of their health, their well-being, their mood. You know, it's not just about sleeping enough, but but having good quality sleep is just, there's nothing quite like it in the world. So my, my sort of philosophy with that is, you know, you're either out having the best time of your life or, you know, I'm a, or sort of asleep by 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So that, I mean, look, and, and that's something that, that people probably know about, but don't really realize. Once you get into a habit of good quality sleep, you can feel that difference straight away. You know, you feel that the next day, the next week, the next month. You know, that that's a huge one. Meditation, again, I think people feel the effects of that really quickly. I mean, I've read studies where they've they've had control groups and, and research groups and, you know, eight weeks of meditation and they have seen hippocampal volume increase. So the part of your brain that's involved in learning and memory, they've seen in just eight weeks that people who meditate every day have, have increased that in volume. They are, they're things that, that people have heard about, but I think, you know, even reading an abstract of a study will make you feel very differently about about those sorts of practices. And tell me, so you like you talk about meditation takes eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Would you say there is a particular period of time that you need to give it, whatever treatment it is that you're going for to try and increase brain optimization? I think it really, it really depends. Mm-hmm. I think something like neurofeedback, people will feel the difference within a week, within two weeks. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy, I've heard people, you know, come out of of the chamber and and feel very alert and, and sort of, you know, kind of that very afternoon. You know, nutrition has a huge play. And again, that's something that, that can be, you know, corrected and optimized very quickly. But it really depends on you as an individual and where your baseline is, where you're starting from. We have clients that come to us that that are pretty healthy and, and, and have good life practices and, you know, they, they make improvements, but the, the times vary. And then we have some who, you know, don't sleep very well, are always jet lag, you know, drink a lot of alcohol, don't have a healthy diet, don't exercise. And so they feel different effects in, in, in a different sort of period of time. So it, it just depends on, on, on you and your individual makeup. Okay. And finally, I wanted to ask you, do you have any advice, something they can go away with and remember that you said that to them? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have, I have, I guess, two comments. I mean, I think the first is, you know, the, the knowing that you as an individual can change your brain. You know, for me, that is the most empowering, I don't know, piece of information. If no, you will. absolutely. This, you know, it's, it, there are things that you can do within your life to to, to literally change the structure of your brain. So I think that is, is incredible. I guess there's a little hack to walk away with. I read a, I read a paper on hydration of sort of what water does to the brain. And I was amazed to read that it was something like two liters of water a day can increase productivity by up to 30%. Oh my, I mean, I knew it was good, but not, not that good. That is Um, incredible. So that would be my my take home. I mean, water is free. It's very easy. It's very accessible. And I think uh, that feels like a very, a very small bit of effort for a big game. That's lovely. Thank you for Natalia for a lovely chat. And I hope people have gone away with some pearls of wisdom. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Wellness Curated podcast. Please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it. And here's to you leading your best life.